So what is the lesson behind these videos that have in all in common? Exactly right. <laughs> Don't celebrate too early because you never know what's going to happen. You just never know what kind of comeback that is in store. And the reason why I showed that video is to, in today's story, as we're going back into the book of Esther, in chapter 6, we find a very similar situation, that there is a person that celebrated too early. And what's happening in the stories that we've been covering is that God's people, the Jewish people, are in this kingdom, and they are facing major, major opposition led by a man named Haman. And God's people is represented by the man named Mordecai. We've been looking at these two characters and the Queen Esther, who is Mordecai's daughter-like figure. But the kingdom doesn't know that Esther is of Jewish origin. So there's this battle between this kingdom and this, this pretty evil guy named Haman and Mordecai. And what is happening is Haman is celebrating because God's people are being defeated. Mordecai is going down and Haman is celebrating. But what happens in today's story is God gave his people, Mordecai, a miraculous, miraculous comeback that was not expected by the opposition. God's people was the victor. They were victor, victorious. Why? It's because God was their victory. God gave them that victory. So I want to ask you this morning, is there a part of your life today, right now as we sit in this room, a place that you need victory in your life? Maybe, maybe there's a feeling of defeat. Maybe there's a sense of hopelessness. Is there any area in your life that could, you could use a victory from God? And please know that the answer is there, that God is your victory and that no matter where you're at, no matter how hopeless or you feel how defeated you must, it's, it's uh, that it feels and it's real. It, you feel it, but it's real. But this morning, please know that God will give you that victory and he will lead you through a miraculous comeback and to give you the victory that he wants you to have. And so that we, yes, amen, thank you. And then, you know, so let us see God. And, and let us use this time to anchor our trust more and, and put in that anchor deep, deep so that we are not shaken and that we could put our trust in Him. So last week, let me recap a little bit. <clears throat> Pastor Phil shared from Esther chapter 5. And how it is developing is this Queen Esther has, is stepping out in courage and asking the king to meet with her. And she, and he says, okay, let's have this banquet just like you requested. Let's have this banquet. And in this banquet, what is happening is she invited another person, this infamous Haman. So they're in this together. And like, please know that Haman doesn't know that Esther and Mordecai is connected and she's of a Jewish origin. But they're in this banquet. And Haman is the one who is just, just so outraged by Mordecai, these Jewish people, because Mordecai did not bow to him. He's infuriated. He is just says, I am done. I want to take this wipe, not only him, but his whole people. And he says, King, would you let me do this? And King's like, okay, whatever you want. You're my right hand man. Whatever you want, go ahead and do. 
So what is happening is King gives permission to this annihilation. Did I say that right? I can never say that word right. But, you know, annihilation. annihilation. Okay, so it is, that's, that's a hard term, you know. Anyways, um, and, and it's like, he, go ahead, go ahead. Why, why don't you take care of that? And then, so this is developing. And Haman is so mad for, because Mordecai did not respect him, did not bow to him. So he is putting up this pole. You know how long it is? It says 50 cubits, which uh, is in a it's 70 feet tall pole. Just boom. You know, just imagine his anger. Just the fact that, okay, I want to put up this pole to kill Haman. I want I want everybody to know that I did this to Mordecai and I'm doing this to Jewish people. So he wants the fear to just permeate in the hearts of these people. And just imagine the, just this anger that is in this man. And there's this hatred. There's this insecurity that he is just acting up on. You know, that's what happens in our lives when we are controlled by the world. When, when we feel like we need to accomplish something. We, 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 we need to take care of business. We need to be the one in charge. There's just this insecurity that develops. Perhaps an anger that develops within us. And this is a life... We're looking at Haman. This is a person that does not seek the Lord. That is not seeking the Lord, but just trying to seek every acceptance and every encouragement from the world. And what is happening is that. He is completely going ballistic. And he has to show his power to the people. And he needs to take care of just not only Mordecai, but he wants to wipe out the whole entire Jewish people. I mean, just just. Imagine how sad that is. But that is the life of the one who does not know the Lord. That is just and filled with insecurity. And that is the life that, how not to live. And that's, let me just get that across. But so going back to the story, King enjoys this banquet. He loves his beautiful Queen Esther. And, and, and he asks, he tells Esther, whatever you wish, I will give up to as 50%, half of the kingdom to you. So what do you desire, my loved one? And what did Esther say? She asked for one more night of the same banquet. And you're like, what? That's it? And that's kind of the story that we were left with last week. So I hope you came in anticipating what's happening next. Today's chapter is the most dramatic turning point of this entire story. This is when God intervenes, so let's look into it. This is verse 1 of chapter 6 of Esther. Let me read this. It should be up on the screen as well. That night, the king could not sleep. So he ordered the book of the Chronicles and the records of his reign to be brought in and read to him. It was found, recorded there, that Mordecai had exposed Bigthana and Teresh, the two of king's officers who guarded the doorway, who had conspired to assassinate King Xerxes. This is that same evening of that banquet where King and the Esther and Haman had this beautiful time and, and Esther requested one more night. So that evening, the king 
could not sleep. And during that time, he asks, hey, hey, would you read me this Chronicles? He must have been bored. He must have been, you know, some, something to do. And I've been having the same feeling this week because I've been on a jet lag like crazy. And I keep waking up at night and, you know, I, 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 can't, I don't know what to do. I'm like reading some books that I don't really care for, you know. But, you know, that's, that's kind of what's happening in the king's life right now. And that's when he finds out this story. What is so significant about that evening? Because had he not heard the story from the Chronicles, that Mordecai was the one who saved them, then Haman would have just killed him. So there is a significance of Esther asking for one more night of this banquet. But just, just let's back out for this for a minute and just imagine this story unfolding. What's going on? I think we could all kind of say, we could probably assume it's God. This is God behind the whole scene, and, and He is doing all this. Let me ask you, have you ever woke, you know, he woke up at the middle of the night feeling like God has something to say to you? Have you ever woke in your dreams, you felt this presence of God so strong in that you felt like God was speaking to you? Have you ever had a, a sleepless night where you just had to pray? I mean, those are all God. Those are moments where we could really pause and listen in to God. And again, similarly, this is what happening to King Xerxes, that that evening, God spoke to him. And remember that incident that took place at end of chapter 2, where this assassination plan was intercepted by Mordecai. That story has been recorded, never reached the king until that night. And finally, the truth is revealed. Justice will be served. It took a long time. It maybe should have happened many, many year, uh, months ago, but it is happening now because it is God's time. The Jewish guard that was hired to protect the God's, uh, the kingdom palace was the one who saved the life of this king. And this changes everything. Verse 3 says, What honor and recognition has Mordecai, this man saved me, received for this? The king asked, and nothing has been done for him. His attendants answered. So at this time, Haman is hanging out in the king's court, ready to come in to tell, hey, king, hey, Xerxes, I made this pole, and I'm going to kill this guy on top of that pole so that everybody, because he is so proud of his pole, right? And his, his plan. And he's ready to tell this king. And he's like hanging out at the court. And king orders him to, hey, come on in. I have something to talk to you. And I have an important question to ask. So this is verse 6. Let me read through this. When Haman entered, king asked him, what should be done for the man the king delights to honor? Now Haman thought to himself, who is there that the king would rather honor than me? So he answered the king. For the man the king delights to honor. Have them bring a royal robe. And the king was worn. The king has worn and a horse the king has written. The one with royal crest placed on his head. Then the king delights to honor and lead him on the horse through the city streets. Proclaiming before him. This is what is done for the man the king delights to honor. Yeah, baby. You know, that's what he's saying. Because he's thinking, that's mine. I want this and give me more. 
honor me. I mean, that kind of attitude is right there. And again, that is not the life that we want to live. All about ourselves, all about what I want, and all about how we could be lifted up. That's Haman. And he thought, this is all himself, and I got this. Remember that goalie that who's like, like stopped the ball? Remember this guy right here? Like that. That's me. I got this. Only to realize that ball just going to crawl into the net. And, to, and that's, that, you know, that's, he is so full of himself. I got, I, 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 I defeated the man. And then just like Haman, he, that's how, he was full of himself. And that was Haman right at the scene. But look what happens in verse 10. Go at once. The king commanded Haman, get the robe and the horse to do and do just as you have suggested for Mordecai, the Jew, who sits at the king's gate. Do not neglect anything you have recommended. <laughs> so the king ordered anybody. He could have ordered anybody, but asked Haman to bring the news to Mordecai. I don't know about you, but that's kind of funny. I mean, talk about a comeback. And remember that guy was just, yeah, you know. Who, who, that the ball rolled in and he scored. See, that's the complete reversal that is taking place. Everything that Haman ever wanted went to somebody who he wanted to eliminate. Everything he wanted to spend, all his life, all his effort and energy went to the person that, who he never wanted to see again. See, that is the irony of this story. But this is the miracle that God is doing, right? See, because this is all happening is because of this. Why was this all this possible? The answer is found in verse 12 and 13, coming from his wife. Let's listen in. Afterwards, Mordecai returned to the king's gate. But Haman rushed home with his head covered in grief and told Zeresh, his wife, and all his friends, everything that had happened to him and his advisors and his wife's rash said to him, Since Mordecai, before whom your downfall has started, is of Jewish origin. You cannot stand against him. You will surely come to ruin. It was God behind him, behind this people of God, these Jewish people. That was God's people. And it was because of God's people, Zeresh, his wife, knew that he has no chance against him. Y'all better listen to your wives, you know. They know the truth. And that's, I'm sure that's what they would be covering in the marriage seminar. But anyways, anyways, you know, I mean, wife knows this instinctively. You know, she knows that you have no chance against God. Basically, that's what it's saying. And that's the, the message behind all the pages of the Bible. That when God is th- in throughout the history, He's with His people. And He will not fail His children. And that is what's happening. And I want you to know that the same God is with us today. The same exact God and the Spirit of God is with us that will lead us to victory. No matter how much the trial or the situation seems unfavorable to you, God will lead you. It's not thing about you because you are His children. You are the one who seeks Him as your Lord. He will guide you. And that is the message, that unending and unchanging message of the Bible throughout history. And that is something that we get to be in touch with today. 
this morning. Um, I had a rough week this week, um, to be honest with you. I mean, obviously, I just came back from Japan, and the jet lag is there. But there's a lot of things that I'm, I'm wrestling with. And, and, um, and, you know, those sleepless nights were there. And I had a great chance to talk to my wife about And we kind of just shared our hearts. And, you know, it's, it's hard when you have kids. So it was one of those sleepless nights that God allowed us to really talk and share. And it was really good. But I, I really had this, you know, difficult week just really, uh, you know, trying to, to plan ahead for the future of the church. And just it, it, it's, it's a lot of, I guess, a lot of stress, a lot of, it's a joy, but it is challenge that is ahead. And it's, it, it was pretty heavy this week. Um, and this week, Psalm 103 was my go-to psalm. It was a passage that God led me several times, and, and I want us to open that together this week right now. Psalm 103, and it should be up on the screen. You know what? I want to read this together as church. Can we do that from the screen? It says, Praise the Lord, my soul, all my inmost being. Praise His holy name. Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all His benefit. Forget not all the good things that He's done. And then verse 13 and on. Let's read this again. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. For he knows how we are formed. He remembers that we are dust from the dust he formed us. And he knows you. He knows the every single cell in your body. He knows every single thoughts and worries of your heart. He knows that because he is the one who formed us. Amen. And for that reason, He is the one, the loving Father that He is. He will take care of His children because He has compassion for those who fear Him. Fearing Him is not mean that we are scared of Him, but it is something that we say that we know that He is in control. And when we do so, when we seek Him with all our hearts, mind, and soul, that He is our compassionate God who will take care of us. And it says that do not forget. Forget not all the benefits. Forget not all the days that He's been good to you. Forget not those times where He already has delivered you. Forget not those blessings that you received abundantly in your life. That was the message that, that really helped me throughout this week, remembering all His goodness. And um, I remember the time when I felt most defeated in my life. Um, it was when I was living in Japan after here, after staying, you know, living all my life here. I went back to Japan to work for a company there. And um, I, I shared with some of you before, but that's when I felt most defeated because I had so much hope, so much dream, so much ambition going back to the country that I was born and, and be able to work for this company and be able to, you know, uh, relate to other believers in, in, in a church over there and just so much hope. But what happened was the reality wasn't so sweet. I mean, it just hit me like a two by four in my face. And, and, and just what happened was I couldn't adjust well. Here's a guy who looks completely Japanese and kind of speaks Japanese, but really isn't Japanese. And the company wasn't ready to you know, they didn't know how to deal with me. You know? <laughs> like, if I look American, then it would have been much easier. If I was fully Japanese and grew up in Japan, I, it would have been may, maybe a little different. But I, here's this guy who's, who looks Japanese, but totally American inside, basically, to them. And I, it just it was this crazy adjustment that just, it didn't work so well. There was setback after setback. 
And, and then what happened, I don't want to get into too much deal, but there was this false accusation on me. And what happened was I was removed from that company and then was transferred to a new location, which actually ended up being one of the best things that happened because the new location was good. It was really good. People were good. And the environment was healthy. But well, I shouldn't say healthy because the workload was just crazy. I mean, it was just so much time. And, you know, I, was, I guess I just wasn't ready for that. And basically what happened was I broke down. I, I, I was literally falling by this, you know, and falling apart. And, and just, I couldn't get up. There's a day that I just, I knew I had to do something. I knew I had to get out of bed and go. But I just couldn't because I felt so defeated. I felt like I can't go. I mean, I'm sure it's, it's forms of depression and, and some type of, you know, just this anxiety. But it was so bad. But then a song began to play in my stereo. And it was one of a, a praise song. It was a hill song that just reminded me and lifted me up. And I, I, I could imagine, I imagine this, 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 this soothing air just coming into my heart just kind of cleansing me from within and I was just like felt so defeated I was on my knees and I just couldn't get up but I remember those those words of those songs started to lift me up and I began to remember his goodness I remembered all the days that I, ha- I was walking with him all the days that that he I knew his hand was right beside me and and, and just so many things to praise and I began to remember all the goodness, and I realized God hasn't changed. His hands is still there. It was me who just was, ref- was so bogged down into the situation that I was in and brought so much hope. And I realized that He is in control. And my circumstance does not control over me. And it was this turning point in my life. And I had just at that moment, I had so much fear. I didn't know what to do. But I realize that what I need to fear is God. Not the situation, but God who has my hand or who, has, who holds my hand and my life is in His hands. That is the one who I must fear. And again, fear doesn't mean that I'm scared of Him, but it is the, the notion that I am entrusting everything, all my life in His hands. And I realize I must fear Him. You know, living this life as Christians in this world sometimes feel like we're fighting against Haman. The one who stands tall before us and says, I have defeated you. And that's sometimes what I, you know, I felt back then. Sometimes we feel it in our lives. In in a little smaller sense, I felt that this week. And sometimes we feel like Haman is just, is, you know, swinging at us. And, 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 but why did Mordecai experience this victory? He didn't go back swinging back at him, but he trusted God. He feared God. He knew that it, God was in control because he was part of God's people. So how could we together experience this victory today to know that God is with us and seek him wholeheartedly, that he will not break his promise? He is the one who will deliver us And for us to know that together and for us to fear Him, that's how we become victorious. Do you need a miraculous comeback right now? Maybe a victory from a place where you feel like it is so difficult 
and you feel like it is defeated. There is just no way that this could get better. Is there any areas of life that you're feeling that way? That you just, you just don't know. And maybe you don't know for so long that you're beginning to give up. Please know that God of the miraculous comeback, He is right beside you. In fact, He is fighting that battle for you, and He will not forsake you. And you know, the way He answers is going to be unique from every single one of us. And it may be a solution, or maybe it is the answer is different than what you had imagined. But He is there to deliver you. So how can we experience this more? Let's overflow with this unwavering trust in Him that He will take care and that He is in control. And that is how we live this life because God is just, God is powerful, and God is on our side. And that is the God that we get to live together with. We get to live this life with. There's so much hope there, right? Let us know that we have victory with God. Amen? Here are the weekly challenges. If you could pull up your cell phones and maybe take a picture and maybe take this with you. And when, whenever it hits you, just, just pull that up. Maybe this afternoon, maybe tomorrow morning. But I want us to read Esther 6 and relive that story, but also Psalm 103. This is such a rich psalm that I hope you get to see the assurance of God. So what assurance do we receive from God from those two passages or uh, sections? And then grow. How, what areas do you need trust in God more? And how can you grow in that trust who has the best interest for you? How can we grow in that? And then to overflow, where do you need victory? Would you pray for that victory and deliverance this week? And trust that He will. Let's overflow with that trust this week. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, we thank You for this beautiful day that we could celebrate Your life life in you and the resurrection that you bring. Sometimes there are areas in life that we need resurrection once again, a comeback from what it seems like this big defeat. But just like Jesus, you defeated death, defeated sin, and resurrected from the dead to give us hope once again. We trust in that promise that to those who we seek, You consider us your children, and you will not forsake your children. Just like you did not forget Mordecai in his his battle with Haman. You remember us just like that. And you want to deliver us, and you want to lead us into victory, and we trust that you will. So God, if there's anybody in here who's feeling that defeat, who's feeling the loss, who's feeling just this remorse, or perhaps anger, or just frustration... Would you deliver them and give them that victory that they need to experience today with you? We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So we get the chance to walk into this communion right now. Um, Sometimes we feel we weak. We're falling apart. There's There's a woman named Clara. And and in the midst of her worst day of her life, her washing machine broke. The telephone kept ringing because somebody needs to collect money from her. Her head ached. 
And, and then in the mail, she finds his bills that she cannot have any means to pay. Almost at the breaking point, she lifts her one-year-old baby into, into her hands, into her arms. And she leaned in her, uh, leaned her head on him. And she began to cry. Without a word, the son took his pacifier. Just give it to her mom. Here, mom. Stuck it in hers. In a way, what we're doing right now is receiving the pacifier from God knowing that he is in control. There's a promise that he's given to his children. And whatever that soothes the heart of this baby, it's going to soothe us. That, that, that his presence is not going to change. And his promise still stands. Let us receive communion in that way today. You know, sometimes we feel like Haman is just towering over us. Perhaps maybe David and Goliath, and Goliath is towering over us. But in the Savior's love, the weak is made strong. The poor is rich. The God of victory is always with us. And he is inviting us to come before him to receive communion together. So if you're unsure of what this is, if you're not, if you've never been here, if you just don't know what this is all about, then it's okay. I ask that you would respectfully kind of just, just watch, watch and refrain. But if this is something that you want to be part of, that you want to seek Jesus in your life, then I ask that I invite you to join us for this communion. But it is something that we must do with listening and, 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 and examining our hearts. So can we do that right now? Let's examine our hearts. And let's come before Him. And use this time to prepare your hearts to come before Jesus and receive this unending and unchanging strength. May you, may He give you whatever you need into your mouth, into your body, into your soul. Assurance that He is with you. Let's take a moment to pray. And I'll lead in, in, in the prayer of uh, our elements. At this time, um, can I ask Pastor Carl and Pat to come forward? Heavenly Father, you gave us in your love, your Son, Jesus Christ, to suffer and die for the cross for our redemption and for our renewal. And by his sacrifice, offered once for all, paid this full and perfect price for our sins. Not just ours, but all humanity. And in Christ, we are made new. We have this promise. So with repentance, because we have a lot to repent. But also with rejoicing, we enter into this time of holy communion in obedience to our Lord Jesus Christ and reflect upon the deep, deep, deep love and the promise that you have for each every one of us. So Lord, help us to always trust in your victory, especially when we are feeling so defeated, oh God. On the night of his betrayal, Jesus took bread. And when he had given thanks, 
broke it and gave it to his disciples saying, take, eat this. My body which is given for you, do this in remembrance of me. In like manner, after the supper, he took the cup and he had given thanks. He gave it to them saying, drink of this, all of you, for this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for you and for many for the remissions of sin. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. So what I'm going to do is, um, right now, as you continue to meditate and seek God, I'm going to serve our assistant, our, our uh, Pastor Carl and Pat, my wife. And then after that, we will have two stations. So one on this side, one on this side. Uh, and then you can make rows in the middle and come and then receive and go back and take it. So this time we're, we're, we're not going to do um, together, but we're going to just, once you receive it, you could go back into your seat and you could eat it there. Does that make sense? All right, so could you continue to just come before him? But uh, I'm going to serve them first.